podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Stanfield Index Under Pressure podcast. My name's Dan Kennett and with me to discuss another win, another three points as we get the Reds, the mighty Reds go five points clear at the top of the Premier League. Um, we don't have um, the man everybody tunes in to listen to, Mr Simon Brundish. He's on a 20, 32 mile diversion because of Storm Jocelyn. So he has some access issues to where he lives in the rural Derbyshire. But please all stick around because I do have the other members of the A-team. He's our newest, most regular member. He's the Joe Gomez of the Under Pressure podcast. It's Mr. Hamza Khalid Lunat, sports writer at The Times. Good evening, Hamza. Uh, evening, everyone. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm back again. And Joe Gomez is uh, he's soon to be rotated if uh, Andy Robertson's uh, return to fitness is... Uh... Well... This is where we'll have to go back to calling you Van Dyke again, you see, the Virgil of the podcast. (laughs) Right. Um, But we do have our most qualified sports scientist. He's broadcasting live from his ivory tower in deepest, darkest Kent. It's it's Dr. (laughs) Phil Barter. How are we doing, boys? Long time no speak, but what a win after joining back in for, eh? Absolutely. What a great win. Um, But yes, you've missed a couple, haven't you? So... Yeah, work's been mental, but hey, it's all good. It's all good. We're here to talk about a four 0 win. What I hope you. I hope you. I hope you're keeping those. Um, those that new PhD intake in in you know cracking the whip. I hope they're not causing too much trouble for you, mate. Of course not. Of course not. Don't worry. <laughs> carrot and stick. Carrot and stick. If if if, you, if you're looking for some data collection projects, right? I'm sure we can come up with some good ideas for them. This is true. I mean, your uh, um, post-shot one is probably one that needs a bit of a work on and with them, I should imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. A, I think that's a really good. One. We'll come on to that maybe if we have we'll a come on to that. Yeah. We have a nerdy discussion maybe at some point about post-shot XG. Sounds um, good. Yeah, um, but we are here more importantly to talk about uh, Bournemouth nil, Liverpool four, um, and yeah, it's very much a game of two halves, Hamza, um, but. Um, Let's just start with that. Let's let's start with those um, the, that Liverpool lineup. Uh, yeah. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, as I just get by. We just came back from a, a winter training camp. So yeah. So um, uh, one thing that um, Klopp mentioned in the post-match presser uh, was that um, it's great having a break. It's really good, but um, and he was quite keen to stress that he doesn't want to always sound like he's um, he's moaning. Um, but he said, sometimes we, we love rhythm, we have rhythm, but sometimes after a break like this, yeah, we feel refreshed, but we don't have rhythm. Uh, and I think that was telling in the in the match. Um, what The most striking thing of the lineup was the, the construction, well, the deployment of the front three and where they were playing. So Luis Diaz starts on the right, 
Jota through the middle and Nunez on the left. Uh, and we can, we'll get into the, the changes made at halftime a bit later, but that was the idea there. And Klopp explained it after the match. He said, the idea was that, um, we don't quite have a specialist who can play in the right wing seller role, but everyone sort of can do that. Uh, so we thought Union's qualities out on the left would have been fine. DS would have been, uh, great on, uh, would have been also able to cope on the right, even though that's not his preferred position. And Jota would put in the middle. Um, and in the midfield that we had, uh, Jones, McAllister, Elliott. And the only question was whether Bradley would come inside or Gomez would just go, Gomez was playing at left back. Uh, we ended up seeing Gomez coming inside a lot more. Uh, so it was a slightly different sort of inversion method. And I think maybe like 10 or 15 minutes in, there was a weird sort of a moment where, uh, Alison rolled the ball out and McAllister left it or didn't quite realize it was to him. Uh, and I think he was, he was thinking at that point, wait, where's the, the other pivot? Uh, uh-huh. so, so throughout that, that first half, there were moments where Liverpool weren't quite in sync. Uh, they're forcing play long, probably should have gone short and vice versa. Uh, so yeah, a, a few things that needed ironing out, and uh, but yeah, that that was the sort of uh, the I- idea, uh, but it didn't quite work out in practice in, in that first half. No, no, not so much the first half. We'll come on to that in a bit more. But uh, Bart's, I mean, um, we were going to get an in, a full injury update from Sai, mm-hmm. including the big one, uh, Mo Salah. Um, before we get on, before we, I, I, uh, should we just touch on Salah quickly? Um, based on what you know and your and your sports yeah. science background as well. There were all those things about talking like a, a back injury and all that. That was plainly nonsense. It was always a hamstring, right? It was obvious it was a hamstring to you guys. Yeah, obviously a hamstring. I think it's just, I hate using this as an excuse, but I think it's just been lost in translation. Um, okay. Because it was only the Egyptian FA tweet that had been translated into English from Arabic that had said back injury. Every other outlet had it as a hamstring injury. It was it was clear from where he was sat down what he was holding that it was yeah. a hamstring injury. I mean, and what did what did I say? Middle of the middle, so I think it's semi. I can't remember. Too too late for me to remember. But middle one, uh, middle of the actual muscle as well. So not not ideal. Um, I think we have to be wary of. Uh, the timescale was given by his agent as well because he's been getting quite a lot of slack from the Egyptian fans calling him um, a traitor for leaving. Uh, what, do, you, do you mean flack or slack by the uh, Flack. That, that, Sorry, yeah, flack. flack. I was going to say. Yeah, sorry, man. Critical, um, critical title there. Yeah, sorry. Critical, yeah, so he's getting quite a lot of flack uh, yeah. for not hanging around and not putting yeah. the country first and the rest of it. So his agent's come out and responded and said it's, I think he said it was 20 days or something like that, um, which can be means that, that he won't be back till the semi-final. Um, basically, based on what you've told us in the past, that that could be a grade two then, couldn't it? Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's really hard without a scan. Um, and it's probably, to be honest, be the first, aside we give a def- definite set, it's the first soft tissue injury yeah. that, um, that Mo's had. He's well, had like knocks and little, you know, little tweaks <clears throat> and the rest of it, but there's been nothing like this. Um in his whole Liverpool career. So it'd be interesting no. to see how he recovers. He, he is in superhuman, pristine condition. So he's probably the best you can have to recover rehab with, but he is older. So older tissues do take a little bit of time to, uh, to can, can take time to heal. I want to want to put negativity in here because the club seem to be painting a slightly different picture than his agent. But, I think we'll we'll wait on seal on this one. He's back at Liverpool now, getting treatment, I believe, uh, which is probably best given um, 
the facilities, should we say, how they might not be what, what we're accustomed to with our multi-million pound footballers. But um, yeah, is it as much about the routine and the methods used as, as the facilities, yeah. yeah, and the programmes yeah. that they follow and stuff? Uh, 100% yeah. it. And he yeah. knows, uh, our team knows all of his thresholds, all, mm. all his data, so they know when he's near and not, and they'll do the, the analysis on him and they'll, they'll, they'll be able to best judge that rather than a whole new team being taught mm. remotely, if you like, from our guys from England. So it's just, it makes a lot of sense to bring him home, um, get him sorted, and then... But- but just touch wood, he's, he's okay, you know. So we, um, Sai, when he first react, when he first saw it in detail, he saw the close-ups. He did actually put in all capitals, not good in terms yeah. of the lo- the location and potential nature of the injury. So we shall see if it's three if it's three weeks. Brilliant, you know. But uh, let's see. Um, I mean, the thing the- is that we weren't expecting him to be back. Do you know what I mean? I know it's not great he's injured, right? But we were expecting him not to be back till after Arsenal anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's this, kind this, of one of them. It's this, like, this mm. could be much. Lo- this could be much longer than that. Now this could be another yeah, week or two after be, that. Well. This could be yeah. after Burnley, yeah. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So we did have another another significant um amount of injuries to contend with, as well as Mo Salah and absences. Yeah. Um. We had um Zbosley, uh, Trent, Costas, Robbo, Thiago, and Bajetic, uh, and Doak, obviously, if we count Doak. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of those were on the bench for this game. It was quite a weak weak bench in our, by our recent standards, Barts, wasn't it? The only, only, the only real senior options were Gakpo and Gravenberg on the bench, but none of those other players I listed were, were, were available for consideration at all, were they? No, they're not. Um, I've seen today, unless I've completely misread the tweets uh, coming out, that I believe Robinson, Dom, and one of the other injuries are back in training today, I believe. Full training. Um, full training. Um, that's what's, I mean, as you can believe, the Twister Sphere as much as possible. That seems to be what's out there. So whether they'll, I really hope they're not risk for Fulham, but there's a bit of a, as I would say, if you put all your eggs in your basket for a competition, you kind of need to see through the semi final, right? So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> You but, know, it, but the, the, I guess the good thing is, is that they have had most of the team have had a full week of, of warm weather training instead of with no matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have had an intensive stuff. They would have topped up where needed yeah. to. They would have done a recovery. Um, so, are you expecting kind of similar team as played versus Bournemouth to Fulham with a, a, a more potentially a younger team versus? Is it not? Is it Norwich FA Cup? It's Norwich, isn't it? Norwich, yeah, I yeah. And then and with some, maybe with some of the seniors returning for. Chelsea game. Yeah, I think if you look at it now, I think so I would say the same. You've gone heavy against Fulham at home. You can't, you've only got a 2 1. You, you can't now not go and finish that. No, it'll off. be the team. It'll be the team versus Bournemouth. It'll be Bournemouth. the team. It'll yeah. be the team versus Bournemouth. FA Cup, I think if he's got any, he has to go strong against Chelsea. Is that That's the following midweek, isn't it, with you and mm. I, therefore. Um, so, therefore, to, to use that first team in that period of time, he's got to go weak against Norwich. Or weaker, should we say? So I think the likes of Beck, uh, Bradley will start a fullback at the weekend. Probably maybe with Kwanzaa and um, one of the senior centre halves, Clark. Um, Clark in midfield. Because midfield now he's starting to get a bit tight with numbers. Um, I know CJ apparently came off as a of being a pro. You know, I might. I just we're three 0 up. I don't need to be on here. I feel a little bit something kind of come off to before it gets worse type thing, but. We've not heard anything yet from that, unless I've, I've missed the presser today, so I don't know. But um, I 
if if there that is anything, then I don't think he'd be risked against Fulham. Yeah. So um yeah, but without him, we are really down to you got Grav, you got Mac. Yeah, you've got to play Clark, haven't you, as the other player. So yeah, it's yeah. a bit of a we're we're losing options, whereas up front we were worried about it. Now we've got four. Uh, yeah. With Harvey sort of operating fairly well in midfield, is where we've and got maybe, maybe 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 Kai Gordon versus Norwich, something like that as well. Yeah, I think Norwich would definitely you'll see the slights of Kai Gordon if Dope was fit. He'd have been playing. I think mm. um, is it who was the other guy that came on McLoon or something with midfields? Is he another one? Kate uh, made his home debut. One of the youngest players uh, before was it Christmas. Kane Doherty? No, no, it's like a McC- McLaren or something like no. that. Um, oh, we're not going to. I'm not going to get ask you to say that one again. That's for sure. No, yeah, anyway. no but I'm just saying. He, he there you go. Um, uh, guys, put it in the chat. Uh, chat. McConnell. McConnell. Um, yeah. I think you players are that will play against Norwich. Because... I love how you make it make the most basic names sound incredibly complex. Oh, no, I'm sorry. So, mate. I'm so, so really it's, sorry. It's fine. It's it's fine. Um, but just quickly, as a resident opposition scout on Bournemouth, um, yeah. Bournemouth had some absences to contend with as well. But they're one of the form teams of the division. They didn't change the. They didn't change their approach, did they? They might have had some no. It was four two three one playing out from the back. Um, I mean, at one point they were passing across the six yard box, which is how much confidence they have for a kind of relatively mid table side. Um, I mean, we might have had injuries. They had to change three of their back four for this game, all mm-hmm. injured. Um, so both fullbacks were injured from the previous game, and they changed once and a half. The rest of the team was the same though. So uh, two sitters, uh, three, three behind. Um, our ex-player, I can't remember, can't get Solanke. his name out. Solanke, who was eight, eight in... Eight yeah, eight? one of the form eight strikers eight. in the division. Form yeah. strikers, so, yeah, a strong lineup from them going forward, should we say, but at the back, um, I mean, I say weaker, they have Max Aarons in there, who was largely touted as being a a future star at fullback at one point. So, yeah, yeah, I think that they just didn't have their maybe first choice back four at all for the game. Uh, yeah. But the rest of the side was fairly how they normally pick. So... Um, Hamza, um, you men, you touched on the um, stodginess in the first half. Um, Klopp called it lack of rhythm. Um, I think um, you could you could say that lack of rhythm, but I think one of the big things is there's a, a lot of these combinations of players have never actually played a, a competitive match together before, particularly that right side, Bradley, Elliot, and um, and Diaz. Uh, yeah, you could, there was a lack of uh, rhythm there and it, it only becomes more sort of pronounced given that the players that they're coming in for are Salah, Soboslai and, and Trent. The little bit of a drop down, isn't it? Yeah, as in, so uh, the way the team plays is very different when those three players play as well because Trent play while Trent comes inside, he also interprets that role in a unique way and while yeah. Salah also cuts in and creates... He does it in a way that none of the other forwards can. Jota's probably the closest, but they're, they're, but that's how he does it. And likewise, uh, Soberslein and Elliot are very different players. You've got uh, three different players coming in for three exceptional players, uh, all of whom interpret the positions differently, and they haven't played together. Uh, so it's uh, in, entirely sort of normal to, to see um, uh, difficulties in in understanding each other's like quirks and rhythms and. Uh, little sort of uh, intricacies that uh, that become rote and uh, well rehearsed. Often, you, you, let's say Trent receives the ball um, and he hasn't got his head up. Um, often, he knows that, that Salah will already run, be running down the line, so he can play long. Yeah. Without the pass, that isn't quite the case here because Bradley hasn't played with Diaz much, and Elliot hasn't played on this side with Diaz as much as well. Diaz on the right, yes. Yeah, so there's all those sort of things as well. 
Uh, so yeah, it just becomes a bit more difficult. Uh, and McAllister is moving over uh, from from both sides as well to try and support these guys. And usually McAllister's on the left as well. Uh, so yeah, you could tell uh, this was not a team that had trained together too much before. But I would also think it's uh, the way that uh, Liverpool played themselves into trouble from the first minute. But at the same time, Bournemouth in the first five ten were also quite good as well. Their pressing was was quite sharp. And if there, yeah, is- so one of the it's been one of the um, one of the the, the stories behind Bournemouth's recent good form over the last ten games or so is their their high intensity and their and and their especially not 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 so much physicality, just just running, just energy. Um, and um, we were always going to have to match that, um, Hamza. And I, I think um, if this game had been played last season, I think we could have been in serious trouble. There was a lot of work. We had to do a lot of work just to basically, even though there didn't much, much, you know, nothing much happened that first half. You know, you could you could easily see that last year we we might have been one or two goals behind. Well, well one player in particular had to do a lot of work, uh, McAllister, right? Uh, For sure. Uh, who was? Uh, um, is that probably his best performance? It was. It's definitely up there. I'm just trying to think of any other. Well, Sai Sai, as you know, creator of the wonderful possession control. Um, metric um, and has said it is the best performance by a midfielder for three years. Um, McAllister was a plus thirteen possession control, which is which is just astonishing. Um, uh, and for context, Curtis Jones was plus two and Harvey was minus twelve, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, minus twelve from Harvey for a midfielder that's bad. That's like Hendo levels of bad. Um, Jones is pretty much around neutral, which is good for a midfielder, especially when he plays in a in an eight role. So Jones having a plus two, but plus thirteen, it's just astonishing. I mean, I mean, should we? I mean, where are our stats show, Hamza? We should dive into some of the numbers behind um, Alexis McAllister because they were um, they were pretty. Yeah, so so I'm not so I've got him down as um as. Nine. Oh, actually, they have two sections for tackles. Um, uh, he attempted tackles on twelve different dribblers and completed those seven times. Uh, made two blocks, three interceptions, one clearance, uh, blocked two passes as well. Uh, this was. Um, I I know I said either last week or the week before that I think his best position is a bit further up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I still believe that. I think he showed some of his best football then. And, and using that quote that I mentioned the previous week where he said that he wanted to kill Graham Potter because he was playing him deep, uh, I, I still imagine that uh, McAllister probably prefers to play a bit further up. Uh, but th- this was really, really good. Um, he, he, he demonstrated the physical... He, he's not the biggest guy, but what he did was he, um, when he forced himself into t- challenges, he got his body across really well. When he was shielding the ball and screening, uh, he again moved his backside into the opponent uh, against mm. the ball. Uh, th- I mean, uh, people might laugh at that, but as in uh, well, a player like Philip Billing has caused us trouble in quite a few mm-hmm. times down the years with his physicality and his strength. And he, and, he had, and McAllister had no problem going toe to toe with Philip Billing a couple of times as well and, and getting the better of him. So, I mean, that's a really, it was a really good sign. I mean, 20 duels in total of, of all times. He won 14 out of 20. He had 15 ball recoveries, you know, which, you know, it, a gag's always used to say, it's not pressing data, it's not pressing, but we don't have the pressing data anymore. But that that is a big number. Um, and and on the on the on the positive side, seventy two passes, which is second most in the team, eighty eight percent pass completion, which help, goes a long way to explain his plus thirteen possession control, along with his um with his duels, and he uh, and he had the most progressive uh, passes in the team as well, with six four chances created. So it's just 
Bart's just astonishing numbers there on and off the ball, on both sides of the ball. Yeah, he had, he had four key passes as well, which is highest for the team as well. So wow. um, just, yeah, just looking at his numbers, it, it's, I, I would say it's the best uh, best performance um, for Mac in, in, a, in a Liverpool shirt. He also had 12.1% of our total possession, which is second <laughs> only to Canate. So is that for, is that touches or is that time? That's time. Uh, sorry, that's touches. Sorry, yeah. Uh, time, yeah, 10.1% per, um, of the ball in terms of our time, which again is second only to Canate. Mm. So if you think about his position on the pitch, which generally the centre-backs take a lot more time because we, we time time sterilise possession that we keep it. For him to be up there with Van Dijk and Canate mm. and those sort of uh, elements he, he, he's, he's immense. I mean, he had 90 touches, which again is second, you know, Canate at 97. So it, yeah. it's... It, I think that's a, a very good shout from Hamza to say that's that's potentially the the best performance in Liverpool shirt. Yeah, ten percent of our EPV production as well, wow. uh, or XT, which uh, which actually to be fair as a midfield. Um, I mean, Curtis Jones at ten point uh, one, uh, ten point six, which is hot, slightly higher. But all of our midfield created uh, a fairly good amount of percentage of our total. Also EPV. from. Also from Sai, um, he was top for distance in the match as well, 11.5k, yeah. which is a right old shift. So he, yeah. he literally did everything. He did everything. everything. And if you look at, um, for those who are in the in the VizPack online, I've done a few profile plots for everybody looking at our players. Mac stands out as the, stands out. He's the standout midfielder. If you look at his, um, pizza plot, whatever you want to call it, it's not radar because they're not connected. Um, all of his pizza slices, chart, yeah. pizza chart is, all of his slices are bigger and above the positional average, which are the black dots on the, on the grid than any other midfielder. Uh, interestingly in this game, uh, I did this to try and look at profiles of players, which is a bit weird, but it's just one of the things I do. Um, all of the midfield profile the same. Generally, you have one who does a slightly different job than the other two. Um, so all of the pizza slices are roughly in the same sort of high and lows as all the other three. As the starters, that is, both centre halves profile the same. Fullbacks profile very differently. Gomez is more of a centre back than a than a than a uh, fullback. And our two forwards on the day, Darwin and Jota, profile exactly the same. Yeah. Which is uh, which probably may or may not be what you want, but yeah. So. Yeah, and um, well, we'll come on to the forwards in the second half, but um, one other big player uh, in the whole match, but we'll discuss now in the first half where it was a bit quieter, Kahamza, was Ibrahim Kanate. We, we we said this was um, probably Alexis McAllister's best game. This was one of Ibrahim Kanate's best games for us as well. He was phenomenal. Hi, everyone. This month, the channel is supporting a local charity based in Edinburgh called Steps to Hope. Steps of Hope help support people who are experiencing homelessness and addiction. The founder of the charity, Richard Roncero, is currently doing a Sleep Rough campaign where he is sleeping rough on the streets in eight different cities for eight weeks. Please like, share and follow the Facebook page and if you can, donate. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. It was top for Ariel Jules. Uh, 1-8, lost 2 for the match. Um Got a couple of tackles in as well, I think. I'm just trying to check. But yeah, yeah, got a tackle in as well. Uh, he was really impressive, really strong. Uh, and uh, one thing, I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it already, but I may have mentioned it before the pod. Uh, Bournemouth have the fourth highest long ball rate in the league. Uh, yes. So Their passes. So, so um, that's one of the things that they do. Uh, they're, they're a very direct, forward-thinking team. Not in a sort of classically sort of... Uh, agricultural long ball way but targeted as in to, to move the ball forward quickly break onto that plane transition force sort of mini transitions 
uh, and uh, Kanata was excellent. Uh, swept up, covered space, uh, moved across really well. Um, yeah, it, it was a really good, uh, mature performance. Yeah, but but also I think he's, there was times last season um, and even this season where the opposition have let him have the ball because he's our weakest player on the ball. And I think it's fair to say in in the last month or so, his, his distribution is significantly improved and and he's carrying as well, Hamza. Yeah. He had two, he had two, two dribbles in this game and 190 metres of progressive carrying. I mean, it's not quite um, Joel Matip yet, but it, it's a big, big change. Uh, it's, it's something I think we, we've touched on before. He has a sort of rangy stride and gets his head up. Um, mm. It's not always the prettiest, but he does move the ball. He, but he is quick, and he moves the, forward, uh, the ball forward very quickly. And because he's quite big as well, uh, some opponents, especially forwards, don't really fancy making that tackle once he's built up speed. Uh, so yeah, he commits players forward, uh, commits players to him, then slips a pass off. Uh, yeah, he's improved on that, and, and that that becomes all the more useful because uh, if there's one player in the team that opponents are going to let have the ball, it's going to be him because he's not as great mm. as Van Dyke, he's not as great as as Trent or, or Robertson or Allison. And well, ca- but, but carrying to commit those opposition players—that's exactly. such a key thing, isn't it? So then exactly. then 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 it's not just ten men in front of you. You know, you're gonna you're gonna you're, you're taking one or two of them out the ball with your own carrying. So uh, and then uh, once yeah, you slip the pass away, then you've actually got ideally, if, if it's to Trent, if it's to Sobersly. Uh, if it's to whoever, you've got a usually a, a passer who's able to pick up a pass, pick out a pass while in space. Uh, so yeah, um, and you've just caused a little bit of instability by creating a little micro transition, pulling players out, a bit of chaos, uh, which is exactly what you want, especially if you're Liverpool, because you want to play in those moments and you want to have that first pass that's forward as an opponent's out of shape and position. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that is one of the, the key sort of ideas as well of the uh, the counter press. Uh, as soon as you win the ball, next pass is forward. So if you're creating mini transitions, the idea is the same, right? Pull uh, opponents out of position, and if there's space there, play into it straight away. Yeah. I mean, it's nice that almost that um, VVD was actually taking the role of the junior partner in this game, because VVD only had five aerials, and Canati had ten, and he only had four clearances, and Canati had nine. So it's, 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 yeah, it, you know, if, 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 if teams want to think they can take the fight to Ibu and just ignore VVD side, then bring it on. They're not going to have much joy in, based on this uh, on this get, on this evidence, are they, uh, Hamza? Uh, no, uh, like you said, the four progressive passes as well. It's uh, to, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, eleven, and he had and he had the most. He had eleven passes into the final third, and that's not long balls into the final third. That's just um, passes into the final third to one to a Liverpool player. That that that's excellent. Uh, and the, the the good thing is now uh, that he well Robertson uh, as a. Bart's mentioned earlier, uh, Robertson is returning to training, which means that Gomez suddenly uh, is now back in contention to play. Uh, Robertson and Trent are back in training, which means Gomez is now an option for centre-back, which, uh, which is great because Canate's had to have a period where he's been uh, pretty much the the, the, the starting centre-back along Van Dyke with um, Kwanzaa as the only sort of cover. Uh, so now there's an opportunity to rotate him and rest him a bit more uh, with, with Gomez back in. So, yeah, yeah. he's fresh as well. And Bart, have you got anything from your um, your stats pack on, on Ibu that you wanted to, we haven't covered? I was going to say, he's got, he's got one key pass in there, which is probably, if I'm being honest, the key moment of the game. Bang into, <laughs> yeah. he, he's part, that's the pass to, that to sets Jones. up the, to Jones, who goes to Jotty, rolls it to Darwin, and strike it home for 1-0. Yeah. We, we speak about a lot, 
in the previous pods similar games early in the season where it didn't really matter what player, but we weren't taking that that chance to get the early one nil and and go. I know it's not early, but it's early second half, isn't it? And if he's key in that, he's literally played that ball in, like you said, not a lofted. It's with purpose into the right player, and we make something from it and score. And that's exactly yeah. what you want from your centre half. We used to VVD pinging one out to Mo. Well, this time, as you said, Canate's on the ball. Parsons not neat and tidy, but that time fires it into the front, a bit like Gomez would do, to be fair. Um, and we, we play and score from there. I don't think you can ask any more. I think he's been, like you said, his ability on the ball has been, his night and day, I think, in the last run of games, last four games, I think he's really come on. Uh, whereas before, I think we even chatted about him being a bit of a bunny um, in some of the games because people were just letting him have the ball and he'd give it away. Yeah. Whereas now it's a real uh, strength, I think, to have that, that alternative ability to a little bit of carry, a little bit of a punt. Little bit, it was almost a combination of Matip and Gomez's ability on the ball, which is, again, a yeah. nice option to have when we when we start, hopefully, starting to rotate our centre-halves again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and just on, um, just on the heavy metal stuff again, um, Sai's posted in our group that um, we won the running 113 to 109. Uh, 113's a pretty big number, and we didn't get that many times last season, for sure. And 156 sprints... Uh, to, towards 146 to Bournemouth. So th- these these are all good signs, Bart's right? Yeah, these are all good signs. I mean, um, Hams has put, made the point about rhythm and the rest of it, but I, I also think as much as a Klopp likes to keep going, I think we needed that breakaway to just recharge a little bit and then turned it on second half. And that is... I mean, we you guys chatted the pod before I wasn't on, but Bournemouth is not an easy game to go to. The weather no. was atrocious, right? And we've gone there and outrun them and outsprinted them. Yeah. And to be quite frank, I know the the uh, Monte Carlo says that two one was more the more likely result, fifteen percent rather than one. I haven't one even done the match. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. say match. Yeah. Sorry, but <laughs> I still think going to Bournemouth and winning four 0 is an outstanding result. It's worth noting that how much of that Monte Carlo was just, you know, after 90 minutes because that Bournemouth yeah. did nothing but until for 90 minutes and then they, they piled it on in garbage time. So, you know, bring it on, I say. Oh, definitely, 100%, 100%. Yeah. But but Liverpool also didn't do anything for 45. This is true. Yeah, yeah. this is true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, all, all the shots in the match were outside the box in the first half, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. There wasn't a shot in... I think it was the first half of the Premier League all season where there hasn't been a, a shot in the... Um, in the penalty box, yeah, <laughs> from either team. So, just on the match summary, we had sixty-one percent of the ball. Um, Bournemouth um, had both of their big chances after the ninety-minute mark, and um, the two chances they had were a combined 0.9 xg, and and they they were one point four on. Believe it, the, 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 the overall match XG on FB ref was one point five to us, one point five to one point four to Bournemouth, and um, so much of that was after the ninety minute mark, and a, and an even higher proportion of their um, XT was after that ninety minute mark as well, with those two kind of balls down the channel for the shots outside the box from Brooks and Kiefer Moore, um, and in terms of the other ones, it was fifteen shots to eleven. Uh, 14 shots to 11 for us, uh, seven shots on target to one. Um, yeah, and, and and but four big chances to two, but we uh, but we scored uh, we scored two of our big chances, uh, three big chances to two, of which we scored uh, two of them. Um, but so I just wanted to finish off on the heavy metal stuff. I mean, one of the things that I noticed this when I when I was when I was generally reviewing the Premier League's week stats is that. When you list all the players in the Premier League this game week by duel, total duels, we had four in the top 20. 
Yeah, uh, that surprised when Hamza was talking about dual rate. I was looking down the list of our players, and there's uh, a Mac has done well, as you quite rightly said, but there's several others that have got uh, yeah, a very so high percentage got, of dual. Mac got 20. Um, and yeah. that was third in the Premier League this game week. Oh, uh, the, the top was actually Raul Jimenez of uh, Fulham. Um, didn't see that game. But Jota with 16, Canate with 15, and Connor Bradley with 15. Yeah. And we called out Bradley after the um, Fulham pod. Yeah, Fulham um, pod. He, yeah. he had 19 on his full debut. So that's 34 duels in two matches for Connor. Yeah. Yeah, it, I think that, that gives us a clue about the type of boy he's going to be. I think he's going to be a, he's going to be a warrior. Oh, he is. I mean, you, you saw must have said we all saw the challenges he put in this game where he put his forearm in someone's face and put, put him off the pitch. I mean, that's that's not someone who's who's shirking yeah. from uh, from anything. Considering he, he is literally, he's not a boy, but he's a very young player out there against some experienced pros. Um, tough, 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 and absolutely did not let anyone else. He was there. He was buying into the project, and we're here to get a win. And I thought he was—I thought he was outstanding. To be fair, so I think, I think, I think next fatigue and next side we'll have. He'll probably have Marty Bloffram back on, and Marty's yeah. a fellow Ulsterman, and he'll probably be waxing lyrical about Conor Bradley. <laughs> sure, as he should, as he should be, right? As yeah, he absolutely. Be, you know? So, from a small rural part of Northern Ireland, and he's uh, tough as old boots. So I think it's fair to say, for sure. Um, yeah, um, but. Um, before we go on to the fun stuff, um, uh, Hamza, um, it, did you were you impressed with our general feistiness and competitiveness, even though we, we weren't there wasn't much quality? Um, wasn't impressed with it, uh, I, as in given the, the, the situation that Liverpool are in with injuries and everything like that. That that is that that is just necessary. I think that that's what Klopp would communicate before the match. Um, yeah. It's the it's the minimum, isn't it? It's the bare minimum you need to do to to, to get the platform to establish yes, that platform. Exactly, because he would have also explained that some of the front three aren't playing in the right posi- uh, in their favourite position. And so all the players understand that. So the the, the point is that because all um, the, the full the full squad isn't fit, uh, uh, there, there's been a lot of matches, injuries, blah blah blah. I, I think the point is, yeah, you're going to have to fight today, and that's going to be how we win this match. Yeah. I imagine that would have been the um, the talk that the, the clock gave the team pre match. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't sort of like um, really sort of surprised or super impressed by it, but because as Bart's mentioned, away game at Bournemouth, uh, windy day, wet, bit cold. That's probably what you're going to need to do. And in the title race now, uh, I think Liverpool feel they're really in it uh, as they're five points clear. Uh, that um, that that sort of battling spirit it, it is it is just um, requisite. Yeah. Yeah, just I've got a few more stats on that as well. Though. Just to, just because we had we had sixty one percent of the ball in this match, which is which is a good chunk of dominance, right? But we won the tackle count fifty to thirty five. We won the clearance count twenty six to twenty. We won the blocks count twenty to nine, and we won the aerials twenty two to ten. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you'd expect to see when somebody only has forty percent of the ball. But we had we had those numbers of dominance with sixty percent. So that really shows you how. Combative the team was right. I know, hundred percent, hundred percent. And as Hamza said, we we that's what you have to do. Yeah, you have to go to you earn the like right. That. Yeah, you have to earn the right to play. If you're going to win the league, you've got to go there. Win a depleted squad, and you've got to get a win. And yeah. we didn't just get a win; we got a four 0 win. So let's talk about the forward. But um, first half, um, what did you see? What does your stats network show or stats pack show about the the front three and the connections and and how we and how we played? Yeah, 
I was looking at this. In Did they show? Was there was there enough data to get them to show on the charts? So in terms of touches, uh, I have to be honest, Diaz. Uh, I mean, I don't know what people thought, but when, on first watch, I thought Diaz had, had played all right. But when you look at the viz, his touches are not enough in the second half to even form his own. Yeah. Um, and he's only he's only the first half. He's very small. His connections, the connections first half are minimal between the front three. In fact, uh, and they don't pass to each other. Yeah. Over four times. But having said that, if you extend the plots as I do to up to first sub, you suddenly get a very good pass network with depth and width, all boxes covered. Yeah. You have um, Jota in zone 14. You've got the, the two half spaces covered. Um, and then you've you've got a, a nice midfield. And to be fair, the fullbacks are both um, high and wide as well. Yeah. So I think it's... Yeah, no inversion required. With no inversion place. required. It's a, For me, it's a very clear Mac is on his own in there as a yeah. Six. CJ's dropping in off the ball, I think, to support what you see on the touch zones um, and the off-ball work. But on the ball, definitely, CJ is up there in the left half space. Elliot is doing his thing roughly in the right half space. Uh, and he's more... Come out after the second half must have improved him because his average position comes right into right half space, whereas up to half-time, he's basically playing right wing. Um, and if you look at it, just, just attacking half-only passes... Again, that change at half time, you have a pass network that is high colour, as in high success rate, high amount of connections on the right side up to half time, post half time. So up to the first set of subs, you've got a, a much more of a matrix across the front three with linking good links in and out triangles all over the front six players. So I think that change definitely at half time, as Hamza probably, I think, referenced earlier on, made a significant difference. Um, I think also I don't know about you guys I just thought we, our tempo was better second half mm. we just came out and we were first half not just us but also Bournemouth balls were going out of play they were sort mm. of a bit oh it's the weather but I think second half it, I don't know it just seemed to me they came out the tempo was sharper uh, if you look they had at the hairdryer, but do you want to win this league or not, lads? It, that's that kind of thing but equally if you look at the passing chains our pass length goes down after half time yeah. And only increases again once we've got a three 0 lead. Yeah. To, no, to be fair, um, Kamza, that was one thing that Pop said to you in your post match question. He said that we played too many long balls in the first half, and and we played too many, and we played the, the long balls at the wrong time and the short balls at the wrong time. So, and he said we didn't get the balance right at all. Yes, that's right. Specifically, what you just mentioned there about getting the balance right and um, doing the things at the wrong time. Uh, and the reason he mentioned on the left that the, there was a bit of difficulty was because uh, uh, Darwin, he says, was a bit too static. He was waiting for the passes in behind. Uh, and at the same time as that, um, Joe Gomez was a bit too deep because Gomez was a bit worried about the counterattack. Uh, so he was sort of playing a sort of halfway house, tucking in sort of role in possession rather than, as, as Bart's just mentioned, playing higher and wider. Yeah. Uh, and that meant the spacing between... Uh, the furthest forward on the left side and the, the deepest on the left side was too great. Uh, and then uh, Jones was having to fill all that space himself. However, by moving Diaz over to the left, putting him in, in, in his natural position, uh, tweaking Gomez's position, uh, yeah. asking Jota, probably the most... Well, Eddie, 
Uh, Klopp, on... Klopp called it their A1 positions, didn't he? he yeah, said that's he right, put, yeah. put them in their A1 positions, and the only one who had to make a compromise to their A1 position was Jota. So he, instead of compromising four players, he was only compromising one player, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so, sometimes it can be as simple as just putting their players in the best position. Yeah. Sometimes it's a matter of putting the players in the position where they'll be most effective against their opponents. Yeah. Um, and on this case, it was a former rather than the latter. But yeah, uh, this is a, another game this season where Klopp has Klopp and Pep Linders have tweaked things at half time and come out the better for it. Um, top, are you top, saying we? Are you saying we won the tactics again? Uh, again, uh, two weeks in a row. Uh, oh, well, uh, yes, and at the same time, um, what Liverpool showed in that second half was uh, really, really good clinicalness in front of goals. Oh. Oh yeah, that, that that massively helps. If you it, <laughs> if you look at the sequence of the first goal as well, the snappiness of the passing, yeah. one two three four bang goal. As in like uh, Iraola in his press conference afterwards also mentioned that he said that, that sort of goal is really really hard to play uh, to defend against when a team puts a sequence like that together at such speed. There's not actually too much you can do. That level of quality, uh, yeah, there's even. You could have a really really good tactical game, and if an opponent comes up with that goal against you, you're gonna have to go. Oh, actually. Yeah, that, that was actually, uh, there's not too much you can do with that, about that because the individual quality of the players just synced up so well. So yeah, yeah. A mix of tactics, but also uh, there is that sort of variability that just comes with players playing well uh, and yeah. them taking control of the moment. And Bart's, um and we said he was, I said he was the only player in his not A1 position, but Diogo Jota was off the right, but right from the start of the second half, he was tremendous. It was out, I thought it was outstanding. Um, I thought he was playing a match, to be fair. I mean, Mac, probably unlucky there because it was his best performance in the Liverpool shirt, but, I mean, Jota assisted two goals. Um, but it was his yes. carrying as well, wasn't it? It was carrying. We have always said this. Do you know what I mean? Jota yeah. has this ability to work across the front three. Yes, I think you and I both prefer him down the middle because he he's deadly with finishing, um, as he proved in this game, to be fair. But he he can, once it's in the final third, yeah, I think his link-up play with other players, his carrying, his passing, his, his awareness of what needs to be done to create the best opportunity to score from, I think it's, I think it's exceptional. Mm. Uh, and he proved it again in this game. He was the right position. Even the first goal, not um, not the first goal, the goal where Cody lays it into him. Is that the third or second? Yeah. I remember. It's a- um, but the way he peels off, so he doesn't get sucked into the opportunity, he yeah. sees it developing, Cody picks it up, just rolls it into his path, and he's literally there, one touch. I'm just going to put this in the bottom corner. Yeah. Thank you very much. That and that's the game. Um, he, it's just that awareness around the bot, and it changed. He can do that in any of the front three positions. Yeah, and looking at your your stats pack as well, Jota seven passes to Darwin Nunes. I mean, that between yeah. for connectivity between the front three, that's quite a high number, seven, right? That is really high. He's also, uh, I'm just going to get to the right page, that's 100% success rate as well, uh, and two of those key. So, you know, that's that's a sign of someone really, that's the kind of stuff that Mo does. Um, and he's doing that on a, a basic, I think probably a half football, if I'm being honest, because first off, I don't think he did much. But um, yeah, I just thought it was a very good, so I didn't do much in terms of that level of no, creativity. Not, yeah. But, no, none, um, none of the, front, none of the front, front three could get into it in the first time. I also thought it was... Yeah really impressive was and I think although the change we talk about being attacking wise I think it also helps out Bradley because Bradley then 
Jota is, I think, better off the ball from that side. Do you know what I mean? He's working hard to support the fullback. And I think Bradley's choices in going forward were better because he knew he had someone to work out and, and help the other side. And I think it helped Gomez. So I think that that change also helped our fullbacks become more in the game and linking. So Gomez and, and um, Diaz have played together before, right? So they know where they're going to be. I just think knowing... Yes, it's players in the right positions, but it's also combinations with players. So Diaz yeah. and Jones have played on the same side and they've played with Joe. So that left-hand triangle, as you'll see in the past network, improved post-second half, right? Yeah. The right-hand side, again, those players have... Yes, there's Brady's the newbie, but they can link better because they're in better positions. So I think there's a lot to be said about our connections all over the pitch being adjusted by just going, do you know what? You go and play in that position, you play in that position, and the whole team becomes more effective, even though it's the same 11. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'll just come back to possession control. Um, Sai would have made the point if he was on. Um, Jota's possession control this season is minus 12. Now, that sounds really bad because it's a low number. But considering when you think he was minus 23... For the rest of his Liverpool career, yeah, that's also that also tells you something about Jota. He, he's being a bit more careful with the ball, and he's as well as he's keeping his combative nature because he's always been a good presser. Darwin Nunes has improved from minus twenty nine possession control last season to minus eleven this season. That so just a, shows you the change in player, isn't yeah, it? Absolutely, it, it's night and day with him. It really is. Um, let, and today with the finishes, you know. Yeah, Darwin eleven point three k as well, second in the team behind Mac for total distance. That's, that's unusual for forward. That's unusual for forward. Yeah, yeah. To be second, yeah. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. But I think some of that might have come... No, it wouldn't have been one run, but I think he was helping out quite a bit uh, later of the second half, which again... That's an improvement. That's something we should be singing about. We always talk about in this Liverpool system, heavy metal, every player has to put the work rate in as a bare minimum. Yeah, it's well, something we have a go at a couple of players about. When you've, got, it. when you've got that heavy metal with the ability to compress the pitch, with yeah. the with the intensity and with the pass completion, you haven't got somebody who's you haven't you haven't got to carry somebody who's a 70 percent passer in the team anymore. Exactly. Yeah, it makes such a yeah, all the pieces are slotting into place. Yeah. At the right time as well. Yeah. Um so so Hamza, um talk about an all important first goal because um the team was struggling. I think they're looking at the 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 XG race chart for the match. It was point one point one at half time. It was neck and neck, <laughs> and we really needed something to go for us. And Big Darwin Nunes comes up with a an excellent finish, really excellent finish. 
Yeah, I think this goal is just a reminder of how sometimes you watch football and you might hear a punter that says, oh yeah, I could do that. Uh, but every element of this goal, no ordinary punter could have been a part of. If you, for example, you take Curtis Jones, he receives the ball, a long pass on his chest. 40 yarder. Perfect control, perfect <laughs> yeah. control, and he takes, doesn't let the ball, he, he hits the ball first time, there's no control of the ball with his foot, it's immediate, straight into Jota, first time release into Nunez, first time finish. And that is excellent, unbelievably quick, slick football. Yeah. Uh, th- th- that's what I mean. It- it's a reminder of just how good these players are. You see that, and you go, oh, yeah, well, no, you, you, uh, I could do level, that. <laughs> that level is just way beyond. I mean, you could spend hours and hours yeah. and hours on FIFA trying to do that, and you wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, th- um, or EA Sports, whatever it's called now. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it was it was um, slick back to front. Uh, Canard played the ball forward. Um, yeah, uh, re- really. You would have thought you 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 would not have been surprised if you'd have just um, seen. You know the the highlights of that. You would have assumed that was Mo Salah passing that ball for that assist, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly that. And um, the the way Nunez took it as well. Uh, yeah. I know we've just we've just added a little bit of detail on Nunez, but he, he didn't try to blam it. Mm. He he placed it, side footed it, placed it, didn't he? Yeah, uh, which which was one of the criticisms. Well, that's one of the things I think Daniel Sturridge mentioned when he did that analysis for Nunez earlier this season. Yeah, that that his sort of uh, that Nunez's sort of. Um, Archetypal finish is to hit it as hard as you uh, as you can, uh, and he said. And story said, you've just got to learn how to have different ways of different tools in your box and use those too. And that yeah. one, when the ball's coming across you quickly, take the, just use the pace on the ball and guide it around the goalkeeper. Uh, really, really nice finish. And one of the stat for Nunez, he had the highest xG chain, I think, of any player in the team. Did he really? Yeah, he, it was. I've just lost my sheets, uh, and I've lost it. Oh, got it. Here we go. Uh, one point two eight xG change, which is more than than Gakpo's point seven four and Jota's point seven one. Uh, and now he's also a ten and ten in terms of goals and assists. The first player to do that this season. In the yeah, uh, in in all competitions, he's the first Premier League player to do it in all competitions, isn't he? This season, so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, so yeah. well, to, to to get ten and ten like that in his, in his second Liverpool season, outstanding. Um, so uh, Bart's so. You know, we we go one nil up. Um, yeah. We continue to play well um, and take the game to Fulham. We were definitely dominating at this point, uh, but then we make some changes as well. Yeah, I think it was Cody coming on left wing. Um, did Grav come on at the same time? Or yeah, Cody right? Grav yeah. came on. Diaz and Elliot came off. Which, as I said at the time, I was a little bit surprised with Diaz, but looking back at the stats, I'm, I'm not because uh, I think his influence in the game was was not as much as you might think. Um, and Cody, again, coming on left wing, which I know you guys have mentioned yeah. before in previous pods. I think he's got an assist, hasn't he, in this? Um, yeah. And I'll just check whether he's got keeper, how many key passes he's got. But I thought another another good performance from him playing on that on that side. So that's that's one one. Yeah, one it's, good to, pass, it's, one good to, it's good to see that he can do that role as well for the team as well. And, exactly. And, and Grav yeah. came on, and I think he had he had he certainly had a better better game in this one, better cameo than he has had in, in the last few. He was, and I think yeah. he was probably more effective than Elliot in this in in his the time played as well. I, I would I would say so. Yeah, I think he it was sixty six percent pass rate. He's probably uh, not the greatest for him, but 
He, he had some good touches. Um, his his jewels were, were you know, were okay. I don't think he had four uh, four jewels run in terms of ground jewel, which is something he, you were having a go yeah, about. Yeah, so yeah. I think he's his connections. Just having a quick scan if he actually appeared on any of the connections. Give me two seconds. Um, I don't think he did. He wasn't on long enough. No, so he wasn't long enough to create any massive connections. But yeah, I think this is an improvement purely because if you look at those defensive stats. He actually registered some insignificant numbers and a, and a percentage of that we, we're looking for in terms of a midfielder. So yeah, I, I think this was an improvement for him, and I think he was in, involved with a third goal. Is that right? Was it a fourth? Is that from grab? Have I got that written down right? Grab into no, it's not. It's the third goal. Grab into Darwin. Darwin back to uh, to the back post, and then Bradley finds it. Yeah, I think it's so he's involved in some of the build up for for some of our goals, which again was something. He just hasn't been doing, hasn't been involved. So, yeah, it was good to see. Uh, yes, it certainly was. Um, we actually haven't even mentioned the controversy of the first half, but um, the pa- – uh, not Patrick Clivers. <laughs> Patrick Clivers. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> Justin That would Clivert. be controversial. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Clivert um, on um, – yeah, that was a – to say – and he didn't even get a foul. There was not even a foul given against no, this – it's how, the thing we always say, isn't it? It, it? To be honest with you, we can debate all day whether this is red or not, right? Because we did about the CJ thing, yeah? But it's the inconsistency of the fact that he didn't even get a booking. You know, I, I can kind of... Yeah, I just think it's there's so many instances this season, even not just CJ, but others, where that type of tackle has been given a yellow at bare minimum or a red, and yet that tackle on, on that day... He didn't get a booking. And the ref wasn't even that keen to even look at it. It was a bit, yeah, I just thought it, the inconsistencies of referees. And I think also straight after half time, uh, Jota gets clipped on the edge of the box, which I think, or 51 minutes, I think that's a penalty. Yeah, or, uh, definitely. definitely. I, I, don't, I don't even know why. Um, I cannot fathom why they didn't go for a review or anything. Yeah. Um. So, and then. Diogo Jota takes over. Um, which was your favourite of the two finishes, Bots? I, I, I like the one-touch first one, uh, to be honest with you, just a little bit, I think a little bit further out. The second one, uh, he, he's made it, he sort of uh, makes his own assist, doesn't he? Um, Miss hits it and then... Well, he has an air shot and then he's still got the, t- the composure just to leather it across the yeah. keeper into the far corner. And the, the only thing I like about that was the Bournemouth fans are big, big, busy giving him a load of uh, stick for missing Wee. it and then he slots it straight <laughs> in the net. But no, I just, the first one for me was just the move and the, and the finish it was just, I thought that was, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was really good. Um, I can't remember the exchange both, for those. Both yeah. just inside the post. Yeah, both, both. 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 And hit really hard inside the post. Yeah. Interestingly, about a point, uh, so one, uh, point one three and point eleven uh, XG for both of the, for those. Yeah, two no, no, neither, neither, neither of the Jota ones were big chances. So he got no. two, he got two goals from point two five XG. Yeah. Where he's done with a point five and a point three seven. So yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Um, Hamza, um, is Diogo Jota the most underrated player in the Premier League? Um, maybe, I guess so. I, I'd have to think do you think there's any the fans players. outside? Do you think there's any fans outside Liverpool and any people in the media outside Liverpool who actually rate him? The, the, the thing is, uh, I, uh, I tend to talk to people about football that know about football. Okay, uh, and most of them. Uh, 
know that Jota's very good. Uh, I, I imagine when when side talks to other coaches as well, he also has the same sort of, uh, sort of response. Um, I don't spend too much time listening to people on on social media um, because it's quite it's quite evident that he's a really good player. If you look at his, his output, I mean, you take take the two finishes that you mentioned, right? So the first one, point uh, zero six xg, but point two seven xg on on target. So in terms of shooting goals added for that goal. That's 0.21. He's, he's improved it by by 20, uh, 21 percentage points. That, that shot. Uh, the, uh, and then you take the second one, which was uh, an XG of 0.08 to um, an XG on target of 0.19. And again, with, with the quality of shot, he's improved it. And, and that, that, that bit, we're just focusing on his finishing. And as we mentioned before, what he can do is all the in-between stuff. He can link play, he can provide assists, he finds space quite well. He has played as a nine and has played as a false nine, so uh, as one that can drop in. He's able to dribble really well and spark attacks with those dribbles. He's, he's quick off the mark. He, he, he does everything really well. And oh, and, and he's really good at headering as well. Um, I, I think he's well appreciated by Liverpool fans. I, I don't know if other um, fans uh, regard him the same way, but um, he... he He's clearly just one of the the best players uh, in the league. Um, yeah, I, I I can't say too much about whether he's underrated or not. I, I think on this pod at least, he, he's given the appropriate respect that he deserves. No, and to be fair, um, I will blow my own trumpet here. Is that when Gags will vouch me for me on this? In the day we signed, we did the signing pods. I was the only person on the pods who was more excited about the signing of Diogo Jota than Thiago Alcantara. That's how excited I about do. So anyway, I've been I've been on the Jota bandwagon from the start, but yes, I'm not going to make any apologies for that. But um, I think the point is is that um, his numbers are so good and have been right from the moment he signed. He he's literally just a whisker below Mo Salah over the over the whole period in terms of the. The, the underlying numbers and, and the, the shot volume, the dribble volume. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't take any pens. He's just, just a brilliant player. He, 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 it's very rare to have high output and efficiency. Maybe someone like Daniel Sturridge, you've got to go back to Bart for somebody who's like high output with the efficiency. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm not going to say a big shout, but I think he's going to be a large. If if he can stay fit in, in this form, we are we're going to have a very successful season. Yeah, uh, particularly this <clears> period <throat> now, where you know we, we'd always planned to not be with Mo, but we, I think we'd always said even before the pods I'd missed, it was we needed the one of the front three or two of the front three to catch fire. Well, Josh has just stood up there in the first real game after Mo's not being here and and, and produced that performance, and Darwin's got Darwin's got to go on it. You know, I just think. That's if he can if we can ride that and that carries on. I think this will be a lot. He'll be a key key player in our in our in our running. We're going to need him. Uh, he is whenever he's been fit, he's been phenomenal. I really do. Think, I think you're right. He was in many many ways. He's in a bit of a shout. And I don't want to get killed for it, but he might have had more impact to Liverpool than than Thiago. To be fair, yeah. I, don't, I mean, I, I love Thiago yeah. as a player, but he, he, he yeah. is largely. Played very limited minutes, whereas Jota, when he's played, he's played more minutes. I think has 
had more output. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. Know. I think so. No, I think I think it's a, I think it's a it's certainly an argument. That's for sure. It's a certainly close yeah. one. If, if anything else, so just to, just to summarise Diogo Jota: um, thirty-eight goals, ten assists. That's a goal involvement in the Premier League since he signed of one hundred and twelve minutes. So when you think about Robbie Fowler's best season for goal involvement was nineteen ninety-five ninety-six when he scored thirty-three goals. I think his goal involvement was one hundred and seven minutes, and that's Robbie's best season. And Jota. Yeah. Is on 112 minutes since he signed in the Premier League. Um, so that, that that tells you something for a start. Um, yeah. And he's outperforming his XG by 4.9 goals since since he since he signed in the Premier League. And person, my favourite thing about Jota is is the is his three footedness. Um, eight headers, eleven left footers, and 19 right footed goals over his breakdown. Since in the league since he started, with three point three shots per game, which is which is high. Mm. But there's not many strikers that get over three per game, is there? No, nah, no, nah, definitely not. Just like maybe the top ten, fifteen in the Premier League only. Yeah, I think again your storage reference is pretty good for that, and uh, and our famous front three. You know, they, they just that's that's a an outstanding stat from Jota, really. To be fair, considering some of the some of the games he. He's odd. Do you know what I mean? He comes on. He's he barely involved. Yeah, exactly. He's barely involved, you know, and then he pops up with, with three shots. You think, okay. Yeah. 41% on target, which is which is good. It's above average there. And his career, Liverpool Premier League career, shot conversion is 19.3%. That's just outrageous. Yeah. Um, over 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 5,000 minutes, 5,500 minutes. And he's 0.69 expected goals plus expected assists per 90. And I did see Patrick had just posted while we've been podding about Squawker have actually put the shot breakdown as well as I've given you the goal breakdown for Jota. So he's 80 headers, 80 headed shots, 140 left foot shots and 162 right foot shots. That is there another player in world football who has such an even distribution amongst all you know, head, 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 left and right. What do you think, Hamza? Can you think of anybody? Um, not the spring to mind right at the moment. But what, what I would say though uh, um, is he is running a little bit hot. He is. Yeah, he's, yeah, that's you know, fair. So, uh, career, you just mentioned the conversion rate. His career conversion rate is point one eight in the Premier League and Championship. And that includes Wolves as well. So that's high. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but um, this season, like you said, going at point. Two six nine or point two seven, mm. uh, and of that XG over performance you mentioned, so he is uh, up up three point seven this season. Yeah, uh, but that means point four four per ninety, which is really high. Uh, and he, and his average for overperforming his XG is actually point zero one. So yeah, he, yeah, he's super high. And in terms of XG per shot, actually, he's he's only going at uh, 0.13, which is less than he had last season, which is not yeah. the same the season. So, uh, what you're saying is that he might hit, he might, you're saying he might hit the post a couple of times, and instead of the goal back of the net, a couple of, you know, or something like that, or just go uh, the other side of the post. Yeah, uh, and I guess it, if this golden patch just happens to coincide with when Salah's out, that's just a bit of luck. Well, this is what we always we, all, play, right? we always used to say: so long as two were the front three. Are running okay, the team is going to do well. It's when only one of the front three is, you know, in form scoring. That's when the team struggles. Yeah, uh, yeah. and and it's just said there was a piece uh, in the Optown list today by uh, David Seeger. Uh, just to add a little bit more colour on it. I think he was responding to Jamie Carragher's uh, point that Jota might be the best finisher that Liverpool have had. 
Uh, and of uh, Liverpool players uh, since 2003-04, only one forward has a higher shot conversion rate. Uh, and this forward has to have 20 goals or more. You guys can guess if you want who it is. Uh, storage? No. What was it again? Only one Liverpool player has a higher shot conversion rate than Diogo Jota since 2003. Yeah. Uh, Torres. Uh, Well, so uh, so Jota's second, uh, Torres is fourth, uh, Sturridge is sixth. Oof. Uh, This guy is an icon for his left-footed finish in Madrid. Diabokarigi. It is, yes. The problem is, the problem is, he's got twenty percent shot conversion at taking one shot per game. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, but yeah, I'll I'll just quickly run through the top five for shot conversion. So it's Origi, Jota, Mane, Torres, Salah, and then Sturridge, Uh, and then Firmino, and then Suarez. But yeah, uh, so Jota is second on that list. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I think I think Hyunmin, people say Hyunmin Song for shooting with both feet, but I don't know about Song getting many headers compared to Jota. I will look into that. That's a good. That's a good shout. There, I, I think that all roundedness, like you said, three footedness, is a yeah. I think what makes Jota fairly unique and and a, an incredible player to have. I mean, I know we'd start him, but many wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? It's sort of have that full. I think every, third I think option. I think I think everybody starts him now, don't they? Yeah, think, they've got yeah. to. They've got him realistically. Yeah. They've got they've got to find a player to play him in the in the front line. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other man uh, you just mentioned there, Hamza, um, who's who's outperformed in his XG in this game, Darwin Nunes comes up with a with a second in stoppage time. Uh, yeah, um, I mean. We are starting to think about like how much weight we should uh, sort of assign to garbage time. Given we mentioned like the the, the Brooks chance and more more chances were both in garbage time, but um, yeah, uh, the, uh, we'll make an exception when it's a Liverpool goal. <laughs> uh, to me, to be what, honest, tend, what it's okay to do is ignore the bits where you know um, you think you, you might talk about if it was nil nil mm. and it's really important but if when you get to three nil up you can you kind of forget those things but we'll talk about goals yeah uh the, the delivery from gomez was great um uh and I, I thought nunez would probably go with his left foot but he went with that side his right uh probably makes a chance slightly harder uh but he gets it in anyway um nice position between the um the right centre back and centre back, yeah, uh, really sharp run. And I think so that he had a run, I think, of one goal in in fourteen matches. Uh, but the the shot the shot rate really didn't, didn't really drop off, and the XG was there. So yeah, uh, yeah, great. Uh, it's good to see he's got form. And like you said, if if he and Jota get form until uh, what, can we have happens, a that's great. Can we have a shout out to both fullbacks getting an assist? Uh, it's like it's like back to the glory days of Trent and Robbo. It is. Well, no, because can I just say, Connor Bradley, right? Three shots, two in the box, the other one in the D. 0.27 xg, and 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 an assist, two chances created. You know, he had to, he had some good attacking numbers against Fulham as well. It, to be fair, he turned his shot into a 0.45 post shot. I mean, nah, that ain't bad. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I think I've, I've been very impressed with him. You know, when you see a youngster come in and you hear about it, but to him to come in and play like that in his first Premier League game as well. Yeah. Um, I, 
I'm with you. I, I thought I thought that was outstanding. And Gomez as well, a very underrated. Gomez is just slotted in left back on his wrong foot and played really I think outstandingly well. Is 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 Joe trying too hard for this 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 debut goal though? Is that, are there too many shots now <laughs> from Joe? I don't think he's the, the thing I like about Joe is I still he's system first. So for, yeah. I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, and, and someone will put out a, a, when he's had a shot in a, in time when it's been drawn, I think. But I don't think he's trying it when we, we're we tying in the game. Do you know what I mean? I think he's doing it at a time when it's the right opportunity to have a shot or, or he's taking a stupid one on when we're two, three up. I, I just think Joe's a very system-orientated player. Um, and if he scores, it'd be amazing. Uh, I really would. Uh, but no, yeah, I think they've both been outstanding Beck, I thought, uh, did well going forward at, at the back, maybe uh, a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure whether he was deeper for the last chance they had in garbage time, maybe. I might be slightly out of sync, but um, it'd be interesting to see if Beck, what he can do in the FA Cup game. Yeah. Because I've heard good reviews about Beck, so, um, yeah, he'd be, be interesting. Yeah. Could save us some money with the pair of those two. Wow, absolutely. I mean... Um... So on, in, on on a pod of positives, Hamza, is there anything you had that you noted down that you wanted to discuss and you haven't gone out yet? Uh, yeah, I don't think Bournemouth deserved to lose 4-0. I thought Liverpool were really clinical. Um, in those moments that Liverpool were clinical, they were excellent and it's hard to keep pace with them. Uh, with, but the, the scoreline is, is a bit harsh on them. I, I, I don't it's, think isn't it clear, though, that it's this to Darwin Nunes' favourite ground? So, because it's yeah. the only place he's, he's the only place <laughs> this season where he's outperformed his XG and he's done it twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, Actually, I, no, St. James's Park as well. Sorry, it was the other oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah I guess so. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Um, Maybe it's something about the wind that he likes or the seaside. Uh, we'll get him to turf more then. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I thought Bournemouth were hard done by, by the scoreline. Uh, I thought they were quite competitive in the first half. Mm. Um, but yeah, as in, given, but that, that's also with all the mitigation that we mentioned earlier. We've got a lot of injuries. Uh, not much rhythm, uh, and then found a way to win to just keep themselves to, uh, top of the league. Well, we did, owe, we did owe them for that abysmal one nil last season, though, didn't we? After the which, you know, the worst thing about that was it was straight after the Man United, set, you know, seven yeah. nil, wasn't it? You know, it was just horrendous game, wasn't it? And the penalty, yeah, games, yeah. Uh, yeah, and yeah. we owed them for that. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I think yeah, I think it was a solid second half performance that was embellished a bit by moments of real like special play. Uh, so I thought the performance was good uh, and it was extenuated by moments that were really special flecked within it. Uh, but yeah, uh, some performance, yeah. Uh, particularly in the second half, which we seem to be doing a lot this season, uh, just sort of turning it on. But, uh, there was a, uh, Andrew Beasley stat, eight goals in the first half, eight goal difference in the first half, sorry. Plus eight. Plus eight and then uh, plus 41 in the second <laughs> <laughs> bonkers. Uh, yeah. yeah. But, one but thing about this team, one thing about this team is we continue to be very good front runners, and we've been good front runners all all season. And but we're getting better when the game is tied. That's for sure. Mm. Uh, and substitutes are obviously playing a key part in that because they're, they're often the ones that are contributing uh, in the second half, coming on from, from bench. Yeah. Uh, and final word to you, Mister B. Yeah. No, I just I thought it was an outstanding second half performance. I would. Agree with Hamza. I thought Bournemouth were a little bit hard done done by. I mean, their variety in Korean XG was across four different modalities, whereas we only had two regular playing corners. They had four. Um, but I think also 
this game sums up football. It, it's the sharp end, the finishing that matters. They didn't convert. I think they they flatlined their uh, post shot xG, whereas we outperformed their xG with our post shot. So, to me, that's we had outstanding quality in the final third. It took us a bit of time to go work it out and create opportunity for them to uh, excel. And when they did, they took the game away from Bournemouth. Bournemouth had some opportunities in in those areas with their with their front players. Didn't. Uh, and I think sometimes football comes down to that. Um, even though I thought we were we were outstanding second half, I thought. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Hamza. Thank you, Bartz. Um, we will be back for another cop double header against Fulham and Norwich, probably recording next Monday UK time. Um, until then, up fucking Reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.